Well, good morning, everyone. As they receive the offering, uh, I want to introduce myself. Uh, my name is Van Cochran. I'm the lead pastor here, and uh, it's awesome to have you all uh, with us today. Uh, this is Dave King. Dave is our executive pastor, so welcome Dave up here, please. Thank you. Wilson just mentioned uh, the Freedom Project. And uh, this is a project that the Lord led us to focus on six, uh, seven weeks ago, brought it really into our hearts, that we needed to do something to take a step of freedom in the whole area of uh, financial bondage. And we were looking around and recognizing that in our culture, there is uh, just so much fear around provision, so much fear around uh, money, and will there be enough? And that, that, that comes with such strength that it actually becomes a stronghold in our culture. And a stronghold is a wrong thought system that is energized by fear. And when a culture or an organization or an individual or a family believes something about God that is not true, and then that misbelief stirs fear in their lives, then they're kind of caught in a cycle. And we've referred to that as uh, the mindset of scarcity. And there is a mindset of scarcity. Uh, we've recognized that in our culture, recognized that in a lot of our own lives. We even recognize that, and I think the Lord brought that to our attention. Uh, as a church body, uh, we, we've, we've manifested and had like this mindset of s- scarcity. And so in order to break that, the Lord led us to do something that would be counter to a mindset of scarcity. God led us to do something that would flow with a mindset of abundance, Because we believe God's good and God provides for us and he provides abundantly. And so the Freedom Project is uh, is an emphasis on giving that is totally outside our church. Uh, All the money that's given is going to go outside this church body. It's going to go to three ministries that Dave will describe to you in a moment. None of it will benefit. It's not even going uh, down the street here on Coleraine Avenue because that could be viewed as... Well, that's going to benefit the church by having more people come to the church. So the Lord led us to give this money uh, outside ourselves and outside our area. And uh, our target for the project was roughly $80,000, which is roughly a month's budget here. And um, we believe God led us to do this. And that as we do, as we believe truth, declare truth, and then take bold action based on truth, that our hearts are set free. And not only are we going to be set free, but there are going to be hundreds and even thousands of people out there through the ministries we bless that are going to be set free. So we want to hear the stories of how, of how um, God's worked in your life, how, how God is working in your life. Uh, because, if, well, if you're a guest here, you need to know that for the last six weeks, we've been asking the people of the, who are um, just, just part of the ongoing ministry here to be praying about what God would have them give. And so we, we want to hear stories about how God's worked in our lives as we have prayed and sacrificed for this offering. We have a short testimony on video of June Elmore. And uh, June came to the point that 
was asking God, what can I sacrifice? And the Lord talked to her about sacrificing cable TV. And when she makes this phone call uh, to lower her cable TV or cancel it, uh, the, the young woman she's talking to asks her why. And when June tells her why, it has a profound impact upon this young girl's life. So we're going to watch this video of June's testimony right now, okay? Just I want to stir in all of our hearts that God's doing something in each one of our lives, and we need to share our stories with each other. So let's watch June. When Dan first presented the Freedom Project, I was really excited, but I was mostly excited for other people. <laughs> um, I um, thought I'm retired on a fixed income. Um, no, it's not about money anyway, but I had learned years ago about um, trusting God for finances mm-hmm. um, through having to. Um, so I started praying about okay, what? Uh, Should I write a check for everything I have? I can do that. I've done it before. (laughs) But, um, and I thought about the times that I sat with on my DVR and everything on my cable TV, how um, is this really a good way to spend my time? And the Lord brought that to my mind. And I knew that was where he wanted me to sacrifice and um, so it, <laughs> I did it. I started thinking about that, and it was so scary, you know, when you're used to having things. Um, but anyway, I put it off for two or three days, and finally when I called Time Warner Cable, I spoke to this young woman, and we talked. I said I wanted to cut down, and how much, if I cut all of this out, how much would it be? And she gave me this, and she asked me, was it because of the service? And I said, no, it is. I have someplace else I want to put the money. And I just started telling her about it. And she was so, she just said, I wish I could be that passionate about something. I haven't been to church in years. And I... She started telling me her story, and we spent the next 15, 20 minutes talking about her her life and how to find a church, focusing on, you know, just saying to her, shop for a church, ask God to show you where he wants you to be to find the people that will love and support you and it was and she's in tears said to me um god sent you to me today and i said god sent us to each other today it's awesome isn't it Okay, there are a lot of stories like that. would like to get them in written form. There'll be a place on the website you can do that. Um, after the service, my wife Lori and Maria Hunter, uh, our, our uh, tech expert, will be out in this hallway with a video camera in case anybody wants to just stop and say yippee in front of the camera. Uh, and it could be that short if you want it to be. But I would like to capture some more stories like this as to what God's doing. So.
Take it away, Dave. I'd like to talk briefly about the three projects that God led us to. Uh, the first one is the Lord's Gym, which is located in downtown Cincinnati. And the purpose of the Lord's Gym is to really free people from addictions, to, to work with people coming out of poverty, doing educational programs, Bible studies, mentoring. The second one is Peace Mission India. It's focused in India. The pastor that started that, his name is Pastor Roy, who's a man in his 80s, who has the energy level of a man in his 40s. And what Peace Mission India really focuses on is rescuing abandoned baby girls and taking them into a home setting and providing love and care and education. Peace Mission is also involved in church planting throughout India, as well as some job training for young Muslim women, teaching them how to sew. And the third one is Destiny Rescue. Destiny Rescue is focused in Southeast Asia that works at rescuing teenage women, young women who are caught in human trafficking and the sex industry. What Destiny Rescue will do is rescue these young girls, provide them with counseling, restoration, and will help them re-establish in other parts of the country or out of the nation to start a new life. And as we've been talking about these last few weeks and, and, and talking about the project, we also felt God was really pushing on us to step further into truth. As Van mentioned that these strongholds, these belief systems that are energized by fear, is that those are broken as we begin to really tie into that truth about who we are in Christ and to actually take steps. And so out of that, we developed a declaration of freedom that you received when you came in in your program. And if you take that out right now, I would just like to highlight a couple of statements on here. You know, we've been doing this, if you've been with us for the past several weeks, we've been reading through it. And if you're like me, you can read through something and it's like, wow, that really has an impact the first couple of times. But that it can easily become lost. But before we read it together again today, as we're all together this this Easter, I would like to highlight a couple of things. Toward the bottom of this statement is the statement that God is a good father. God is a good father. He's a God who loves us greatly and extravagantly. He's a God who just pours into our lives and we can celebrate that goodness that he just brings to us. We can do it every single day. It doesn't have to just be on Easter. So God delights in our celebration. Next, he provides all we need and more. I mentioned that he is an extravagant God. And he pours his love into us over and over. He provides for us over and over. And as we receive that, God's intention for us is to just pour that out into other people's lives. And as we do that, he's pouring more and more into our lives, and we can pour more and more out. And along the way, he provides for our needs. The final statement is, as free sons and daughters of God, we give sacrificially and joyfully to destroy spiritual strongholds. Again, that statement of God being a good father, and as we celebrate his goodness in our lives, and we give back to him of our worship and of our finances, He smiles at us. He delights in us and gives us freedom. And as we experience freedom from that stronghold of fear, that belief that just paralyzes us at times, 
is that we begin to walk in freedom and in turn, that freedom just flows out to others. That's the reality of our life in Christ. And I'd invite you at this point, if you're able to stand with me, and we'd like to read together the Declaration of Freedom. It'll be up on the screen. You also have it in your handout. So let's read together. Through Jesus Christ, we are set free. We reject fear and anxiety. We embrace the power, the love, and the sound mind our Heavenly Father has given us. Our mission is to proclaim and release the power and life of the kingdom to our families and our community, to our city, and to the nations. God is a good Father. He provides all we need and more. God provides abundantly for our needs. He gives us extra so we can share with others. As free sons and daughters of God, we give sacrificially and joyfully to destroy spiritual strongholds and free the oppressed. Amen. Take a seat if you would. That's pretty powerful. When you think about the words, this is a powerful declaration. And right now we're going to act on it. Uh, What I I want you to do is to take the envelope that you received. We passed these out last week. They were in the programs this week. Does anybody need one right now? The ushers have them. They can distribute them. Anyone need one? Okay, cool. Uh, We're right down here. We need one. Anyone over here? All right. Awesome. Uh, over here on the left too, Randy. Someone put hand up over there. Now what I'd like you to do is once you, uh, right up here, right there. Once you seal your envelope, um, take, take that blank side and write something on it. You might write, um, uh, God advance the, the presence and power of the kingdom through this church body. Or you might write, Lord, free the children in Southeast Asia from the sex trade. Or, or you might write, bless, bless the children in India. Or maybe you have a brother or a sister or an uncle that's uh, struggling in addiction, and, and you're going to write their name down. You don't, don't write their last name down, but write their first name down and say, Oh, God, help and bring freedom to Joe. Uh, whatever your prayer is, let's take a moment right now and, and do that, okay? All right, let's stand. See, we have baskets here in the front and in the back. And I'm going to pray right now. And then we're going to uh, take a a few moments where you can walk to one of the baskets and and place your offering in. And as you do, just, God, we're giving this to you. We're giving this to you to free others. And we want to walk in freedom and your blessing ourselves. So let's pray. And I'm just going to pray, Father God, We thank you that you are a good father. Thank you that you provide for us. Help us to see that more and more clearly. And I pray your blessing on every person in this room and every person in this church body to get into a flow of giving and receiving from you so we can give more. And just to walk in the joy of that, Lord. Just enable us to walk in the joy of that. We give these gifts to you to honor you, to advance your kingdom, 
to free people around the world and to free our own hearts and our families. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, there's going to be a video uh, uh, playing right now. And if you're a guest or if you've already given your offering at another time, you just have a seat. But if not, now's the time, okay? So let's let that video roll. Hey, uh, just so you know, if uh, like this is your first week, we, we were not making an appeal to you. I mean, you're welcome to be part of this if you want to, but I intended to say that before, and I want to make sure you know that. But anybody that uh, wasn't able to give today, uh, you can you can still uh, grab one of these envelopes and drop it by the office this week or uh, even next weekend. And um, uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk for a little right now about the resurrection. Then we're gonna hear a great story about God's power. Uh, to heal and to change in an individual's life. But the first thing I want to do is I want to start off with a little quiz, okay? You good with that? I need you to be honest with me, though, in the quiz. Now, first of all, who all here has at some time or other locked themselves out of their car or out of their house? Hands? Okay, all right, awesome. Anyone ever locked themselves out of their house in their underwear? Okay, okay. Second question, um, how many of us have, uh, at one, this might be harder for the guys, but you've been so lost that you, you had no choice, you had to stop and ask directions? Never, never. Some are saying never. All right, all right. Another one, that may, maybe you've taken a class. Have you ever been in a class where after the first session or maybe even halfway through the class, you're asking yourself, what have I done? It's going to take a miracle from heaven for me to pass this. Anybody? Yeah, we've all been there, haven't we? All right, this last question is a little personal. I kind of hesitate to ask it. It's going to take a high degree of honesty on your part, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Uh, how many of you have ever, or how many of you will admit that you have ever been trapped in a public restroom without toilet paper? Anyone? Okay, now these are the really honest people here. Look around, look around. Yeah, we really admire your honesty, but uh, we're still not going to shake hands with you, so. You know, in, in every case, we needed to be rescued. In every case, we needed someone to deliver us. We, need, we needed help. We needed a savior in every one of those cases. And the Bible talks over and over and over again about rescue. In fact, rescue is the big story of the Bible. When you look at the Bible, the thing that holds the whole thing together is the story of God's rescue of humanity. Now, all the individual stories in the Bible about rescue uh, j- just fill the whole thing, pull the whole thing together. But the big story is the story of rescue. And it really is the basis for all human stories. 
Uh, any good movie is a story of rescue. Someone needs to be rescued. Someone's in trouble. From uh, Captain America to Saving Private Ryan to The Sound of Music, someone needs to be rescued. Rescue is a constant theme throughout the Bible. Rescue is a, uh, is a theme that is so profound and so powerful that it is life-changing when you really understand it. In 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy 2, we read this verse. It says, there is only one God, and Jesus Christ is the only one who can bring us to God. Jesus became truly human and gave himself to what? To rescue all of us. Let's say that again. To rescue all of us. We all need rescued. So there's one God. And there's one son of God, Jesus, who came into this earth. And it's only through that one son of God that we can come to know the one true God, his father. Now, it says here that he came and gave himself to rescue all of us. I want to look at that little word rescue first. Uh, the, The word rescue means, literally, it means to reach in and grab something that's in a mess, that's in trouble, to grab it and pull it out for yourself. Something that you want for yourself. You reach into the mess and you pull it out for yourself. I was thinking about this and I was thinking about uh, sitting around a a campfire. You know, we, we will build fires and then sit out in the backyard and talk or go with friends and sit and talk around a fire. And I was thinking of wearing a ball cap and leaning into the fire to poke the fire. You know, I like to play with fire. So if I'm around a fire, I'm going to poke and, and, I'm going to, and I'm going to be looking for something to do. And I can imagine my ball cap falling off into the flames. Now, what would I do if my ball cap fell off into the fire? What would I do? Leave it there, someone said. How many agree I would leave it there? Okay, I should leave it there. All right, all right. What, what I would do is I would reach in and grab it as fast as I could. And I would hope that it didn't get burnt. Because it's my, my favorite hat. I don't want to leave my favorite hat in the fire. Now, I granted, my favorite hat is a Steelers hat. And so <laughs> the fire probably, yeah. Fire probably wouldn't even hurt it anyway. Yeah. God's on a rescue mission. He's willing to reach into the mess in order to pull out what he wants. He's willing to reach into the mess in order to pull out those he loves. And he says he's here to rescue every one of us, all of us. And what that means is, God loves you. As you sit here this morning, it doesn't make any difference what your background is. It doesn't make any difference the things you've done. They may have been horrible things. God loves you. It doesn't make any difference what you haven't done. It doesn't make any difference the mistakes you've made. God loves you with an intensity, a personal, passionate love for you individually. Because he's here to rescue all of us. He's here to rescue you. It doesn't make any difference if you are an atheist 
Or if you are someone who says, well, yeah, I believe Jesus is the son of God, but I'm not going to accept him right now. I don't want to give my life over to someone else. He still loves you just as much. Or if you're a fully committed believer following Jesus, he still loves you just as much. Or if you're a Muslim or, or where he loves you, he came to rescue you. And that's his intent. That's his purpose. That's what Jesus did. Now, what that means is that God wants the most intimate relationship with each one of us that he can have because he loves us. He wants us to be as close to him as we can be because he loves us. And what that requires is that there's something done with all of the mess between us. That something, something has to be done to deal with all of the, the junk between me and God. The sin, the Bible calls it. The, the, all the times that I've decided to go my own way, that's another way the Bible puts it, is that it's just me deciding to do life my way instead of trusting God to do it his way. And so this rescue mission is accomplished because God sent his son Jesus into the world. And Jesus came into the world. He became a human being so that he could rescue human beings from this present fallen world, this present evil age, the Bible says. Now, the Bible also speaks in different ways of what that rescue means. Isaiah 53 was written 500 years before Jesus came. And this Jewish prophet, Isaiah, what he said was this. He said, surely... Our weaknesses he himself bore, and our sorrows he carried. Later it says he died for our iniquities. It's iniquity, sin, uh, going life, going our own way. It says that Jesus bore our weakness and our sorrows. Now, the word weakness is a word that speaks to, to general human frailty. And ever since the fall of mankind, ever since Adam and Eve chose to disobey God, you know, God put them in this beautiful garden. It was a paradise. He gave them a wonderful purpose, a wonderful partner. Bible even says God came and spent time with them every evening. They got to walk with God in the cool of the evening. And all he did was give them one tree, which he had to place there. Otherwise, they wouldn't have had free will. He had to give them the opportunity to say no to him. Otherwise, they wouldn't have had free will. And what good is love from someone that doesn't have free will, doesn't have the freedom to love you or love, not love you back? And Adam and Eve were deceived, and they decided not to trust God, and they ate of that tree, and it wasn't the fruit or anything like that. It was the fact that in their hearts they said, we're not going to trust you, God. We think that we can eat of this tree and still do okay. And God had told them, the moment you eat of that tree, you'll die. And he meant by that, the moment you eat of that tree, you'll, break your, you'll be breaking relationship with me. You'll be breaking trust with me. And that's going to bring all sorts of pain and grief and heartache into the world because of the disobedience that that, that action represents for all of humanity. And so something has to be done with all of that if we're going to be close to God. And this verse tells us, that, that God bore, Jesus bore our weakness when he hung on the cross. Our physical weakness, our emotional weakness, uh, just the, our, our intelligence weakness. 
I mean, we're not as intelligent as we would be if Adam and Eve hadn't fallen into sin. I can't imagine how smart people would be if, if, that, if that hadn't happened. But he bore all of that. And then it says he bore our sorrows. And our sorrows are the emotional wounds and burdens and cares and hurts that we accumulate over life from so many different sources and so many different directions. Just things that burden our heart down. When Jesus died on the cross, he died, he paid the price for everything. Not only all of my acts of intentional disobedience, but for the the times I didn't even know I was disobeying, I didn't know any better, as well as my physical weaknesses and my sorrows and broken heart. We all have broken hearts at some point. Jesus died for all of that. Now, here's what happened on Easter. Here's what happened. Here's the story behind it. As I just shared you, death came into the world because of mankind's rejection of God and sin. And so death's grip is sin. Death's justification for being here is sin. Now, Jesus, God's son, was born into humanity. He stayed God's son. He became a full human being. And he lived a sinless life. So he's the only one that never sinned. And when it came to time for Jesus to die on the cross, as we've just read, he died for us. He took our sin on himself. And in that death on the cross, Jesus totally, fully, and completely paid for sin. When he said it is finished at the end, that's what he meant. Sin is dealt with. The stuff that separates me from God is dealt with. It's taken out of the way. Now the only thing that keeps me from entering into a relationship with God is my own will. My own will. Will I say, God, I need you. I need forgiveness. I thank you for dying, Jesus dying for me. Thank you for forgiveness. And I need you. Father, I want to be in relationship with you. That's the only thing that keeps us because Jesus has taken everything else out of the way. Now, Jesus, God's son, living a sinless life and having fully paid for the penalty of sin. Now remember, death's grip is through sin. And so here you have, a, you have the only human being who has never sinned and he has now paid for all the other sins in the world and he voluntarily entered death and rose from the dead on Easter morning because death couldn't hold him because it had no grip on him, because there was no sin to hold on to in him. And so Jesus, on Easter morning, it was, it was impossible for him not to be raised from the dead. It couldn't have happened, because he was sinless and he had paid for sin. Death had no grip on him. And, and he burst out of the grave alive on Easter morning, because sin was defeated. Now, I'm thinking about this, I, you know, I was trying to think of an illustration. And um, how many of you have seen the movie Men in Black? Come on, admit it. The first one, first Men in Black. Okay. We all loved that movie. Um, Tommy Lee Jones's character, Agent K, at the end of the movie, they are doing a battle with this giant cockroach. I know that sounds odd, but it's a giant cockroach. To make it a little stranger, it's a smart cockroach. 
and they're shooting it and they're blasting it and nothing will hurt it. And Agent K, Tommy Lee Jones, understands that the only way he can destroy that monster is from the inside. And so he starts taunting the monster. This is where its intelligence comes in. He's taunting it, and eventually this giant cockroach swallows him up whole, just gulps him down. But Tommy Lee Jones has his blaster in his belt. And a couple of moments after he swallows him, you see this monster just blasted apart, destroyed from the inside. The only place you could get it, from the inside out. Had to take the power into it and then destroy it that way. Now, that is what Jesus did. He took the power of the cross into the grave. He took the power of, he voluntarily was swallowed up by death and he took the power of the cross with him. And in that, he destroyed death. When Jesus came out of the grave, it wasn't just one person coming back to life. It was death being totally and forever destroyed, its power taken away. So that today, anyone that will come to him and open their heart to him, to Jesus, receives this new victory over death, this life that is victorious over death. Shows up in a lot of forms, new heart, forgiveness, new desires, new love for others, new love for God, as well as many times physical healing. I want, I want you to hear a story today about a friend, a friend of mine is going to share, a friend of many of yours, uh, Rick Hahn. So Rick, would you make your way up here? Really uh, illustrates this whole idea of the power of the resurrection and the power of the new life that we receive through Jesus. Thanks, Luke. Okay, Rick Hahn, ladies and gentlemen. You may know him better as the drummer. So, Rick, um, you've shared your story a couple of times with us here, and it's powerful. Uh, would, you just, would you just start at the beginning and share with us how God's worked? Well, to start with, uh, my dad uh, passed away when I was 13 years old at the age of 58. In 1969, uh, he died of a heart attack. He uh, dealt with blood pressure uh, problems his whole life. So um, when he died, uh, I, I pretty much held, uh, held God responsible. I turned my back on him. I hated him for taking my dad. And... Uh, so I, I pretty much walked away from him. Uh, in 1979, uh, I was married to my wife, Joanne. Uh, I was also uh, hired on as a Cincinnati police officer. I did 28 years with them. And over the years, uh, I continued to, to turn my back on the Lord. I became hard-hearted, uh, prejudiced. Uh, basically, I pretty much hated everybody. Uh, affected my life, my blood pressure. I had high blood pressure since 77 and affected my my marriage, my kids. Uh, 
in uh, it just pretty much punished me all my life. 2001, I went to the ER uh, with high blood pressure and monster headaches, and uh, they did a an angiogram on me. It found uh, three blocked arteries. One was 70 percent. The other was 50, or the other two were 50 percent. They put a stent in the the one that was 70 percent and left the other two, I guess, to fill up or whatever. I don't know, but. Uh, and they cut me loose. Uh, I was raised Catholic, uh, brought my children up Catholic. We went to church. Um, in 2003, I found the vineyard. Uh, and it was powerfully uh, affecting my life. 2005, uh, this guy here baptized my wife and I over at the swimming pool in the, the YMCA down the street. And when I came up out of the water, it was like I was new. My heart was new. My life was new. The heat was gone. And it just, it just changed my life big time. It's awesome. I continued to have uh, blood pressure problems. 2006. Uh, I was scheduled to go in for another angiogram uh, on a Monday morning. Sunday, I came up for prayer, uh, and two prayer team members prayed over me. Uh, They commanded my heart to heal. Uh, Even after the prayer, one of the prayer team members even laughed and said I was healed. I went to the, uh, had the angiogram. And uh, there was no angioplasty. All my arteries were completely clear. Awesome. Awesome. So I continued to deal with blood pressure issues, uh, monster headaches. uh, And in November of uh, 2013, I went back into the ER with... Uh, I think my blood pressure was uh, 210 over 140. Uh, and my heart had gone into AFib, it's called atrial fibrillation. Uh, I had previously had surgery to correct that. Uh, previously, they'd have to shock my heart back into rhythm. This time, they did a seven-hour surgery on me. And I was good to go for quite a while. But on November uh, 13th, my heart went into AFib. Uh, I was supposed to rake leaves with my small group, and uh, my wife, Joanne, was going to get together with Lori uh, for a small group activity. And she texted Lori and told her what was going on, that I wouldn't be raking leaves. And uh, Lori texted Joanne back and commanded my heart to go back into normal sinus rhythm. And they were just getting ready to take me down the hall to do a cardio version or shock me again into rhythm. And when Joanne read that text to me, it, it went back into sinus rhythm. That's awesome, man. So you get that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. the last 
the last thing uh, was the stress test. Uh, and the stress test revealed that I had previously had a heart attack somewhere, sometime, uh, and I had permanent and irreparable damage, I was told, to my heart. My ejection fraction was 42%. Normal is 55 uh, And so my wife and I made arrangements to uh, pretty much change our life, uh, that this damage wasn't going to go away. And I wasn't to see the cardiologist for another three weeks. So on the November 20th, or I'm sorry, March 20th was my, my appointment. That was also my dad's 58th birthday. And the night before, my small group prayed over me. It was so powerful, they laid hands on me prayed over me, and I actually confessed that I believe I had created a stronghold in my own life from saying I was going to wind up like my dad, dying at 58. So the next day, I go to the doctor to see what they're going to implant in me or whatever, and they took my blood pressure, and it was 112 over 74. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I don't think I had that blood pressure in the third grade. Third grade. <laughs> but uh, they ordered a, another stress test to see, you know, what the, what the heart damage was. And usually it takes a couple weeks or a week to get in here for a test. And I went out to the desk, and they actually had a cancellation if I could be there in an hour, and I was. I showed up. They did uh, the stress test. And uh, the stress test shows no damage to my heart. The awesome. ejection fraction was 55%, and I was good to go. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, wow, wow. So the, the Lord has continued to heal me over the years, changed my heart, uh, took the hate out of it, um, healed my heart several times, but... I mean, I've, I've just been surrounded by the, my family here at the vineyard. And the Lord has just created a, a new person here. And between the two, just kind of pulled me from the wreckage. <laughs> That's so awesome, Rick. It's awesome, That's man. It. Awesome, awesome. Stay, stay here. I'm going to pray for you. Love you. Love you too, Paul. Okay. Come on up. Don, come on up. Don, come on up and pray with me. Uh, Don and I are doing a prophetic class together, so I'm, I invited him up to pray right now. And uh, so, Don, if you see anything as we're praying, just speak it up. But, Lord, we just bless Rick. We thank you for uh, your work in his life. Thank you for uh, just his love for you and his love for all of us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for everything you've done. that. Dear Jesus, we thank you for Rick. And it's quite obvious through his story that you have huge plans in store for him and, and you're, you're rebuilding him for something much greater, dear Lord. Uh, just keep working in him. Show him your love. And especially on this special day today, be with him and bless him. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.
Thanks. All right, we're going to worship now. So worship team, come on up. And uh, that, that's Easter is about us worshiping Jesus, honoring him, triune God, Father, Son, and Spirit. And we just pray, Holy Spirit, let your presence come here right now. Would you stand with me? Just stand right now. And if you would, if you feel free to do it, just hold your hands out, just like God's going to drop a, a gift for you uh, down out of heaven, and you're getting ready to catch it. But Holy Spirit, come right now. Just come. Come. Bring healing even as we worship. Heal hearts of anger. Heal hearts of bitterness. Give us grace to forgive. And let physical healing spread right now as well, even as we worship. Let physical healings happen in Jesus' name. Amen. for the giving for this giving project. And um, my, I'm on? Okay. Uh, you know, the, the goal was roughly one month's offering. We just really felt like that's what God wanted us to give, just totally outside ourselves, which was $80,000. And um, the total, if you're ready for this right now, the total was $90,000. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Just worship you, Lord. It was $90,860.57. So that's, that is just incredible. It's gonna, I mean, it's going to impact the world. It's going to impact lives around the world, and it's going to impact our lives. And so, I, man, just way to go. I just, God bless you all. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, let's worship more, okay? We're just going to, um, how many more songs do we have? Just one? Okay. So we're just going to do another worship song. And uh, just to end our time together, and then I'll come back up and we'll have our normal prayer call, okay? Who breaks the power that you've done for me? Okay, something uh, really awesome has happened here this weekend in in the sacrificial giving. Uh, th- there are things that have been broken in our lives and in future generations' lives when it comes to just living with peace, not living on the edge of anxiety, constantly fearful. And so we're going to talk next week about kind of the impact of that in our lives and what that looks like as, as we unfold it more. 
But um, I, I just, I'm going to pray for all of you here in a moment, just God's blessing and uh, prosperity and uh, his truth and his fullness in each, each of our lives. But right now, I, Don, come up. I had asked Don when he was up here earlier if he had a, uh, a prophetic word is simply something that God brings to our minds to speak to another person or a group of people at the moment. So, Don, share. Yeah, as uh, Van said, we're studying a prophetic class, and I'm learning. So uh, he kind of put me on the spot and called me up there. Uh, but as I walked away after praying for Rick, uh, I sensed that God wanted me to say thank you for being bold and sharing that with everybody, and that you have no idea the people that you touched in doing that. So I'm going to put Rick on the spot. If... Uh, if he touched somebody, just come up and let him know after service. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks, Don. All right, so we're seeing God's power uh, released in different ways in people's lives, uh, in our lives here right now as we worship, and, and through us into the lives of others. So, um, again, it was, if you just came in, it was $90,860.57, which I think, again, deserves some praise to God for. So let's just... Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We just worship you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. We're going to, um, I'm going to be out in the north hallway after this. I'd like to meet any of you who are new. I'll be just standing out there. You can stop by. I'll give you a welcome pack. Um, Luke and Wilson, our young adult pastors, will be up here in this area. So if you're a young adult spread across the auditorium, Come up and say hi to these guys, okay? They have some exciting stuff happening in the church uh, among the young adults. Uh, my wife, Lori, and Maria are going to be out in the north hallway, the east hallway, uh, doing videos. So go out there and just say a few things. They'll, anything you say that you wish you hadn't say, they'll cut out. And it'll, you'll look great at the end of it. But share what this whole project has meant to you. And um, for prayer, if the prayer teams will make their way down now, please. Uh, and extra prayer team members, if there are extra, if you're not even on this week, I think come down because I think there'll be a lot of people wanting prayer today. Um, heart issues, physical heart issues. I think the Lord wants to heal. God's going to heal today. As well as spiritual heart issues of impatience, irritation, and such. God wants to release many of us from stuff like that as well. Leg injuries, uh, chronic hip problems. The Lord wants to touch and heal today. And um, then just uh, praise God for the, for the Freedom Project and for what the Lord did. Jesus said, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I am the one who was dead. And behold, now I am alive and I hold the keys to death and the grave. And that's our victory right there. So let's walk in that victory this week. Okay. So, Father God, uh, I, I speak that blessing over this uh, entire group, every person here, to have a part in that and to experience the joy of it. And I do, Lord, uh, as, as there's been sacrificial giving, I just pray that you would pour more in so that we can give more. And just let us get into this cycle of just seeing your goodness poured out in our lives so that we can share it with others and bless them. Thank you, God. Thank you, thank you, thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Awesome to see you. We'll see you next week. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul, worship his soul.